give you half. Half and half. Yeah. Half cool. whiskey. Half, half and half. Half cream. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so gross. Yeah. <laughs> Although Randall was talking about soda and, and milk. I know. Earlier, milk so. and whiskey and half and half. Oh, that sounds boy so nasty. Oh. Did you guys ever take shots of half and half at restaurants? <laughs> no. Nah. Of half and half, no. Like, yeah, when they'd have that little, like, bowl the cups. of cups. No. My sisters and I would just, like, <laughs> do shots of it. <laughs> Me and my cousin would shake them and be like, it's going to turn to butter. <laughs> if, we, if we churn it long enough, it'll be butter. A little French vanilla, a little Irish cream. Just got to <laughs> go around the world. <laughs> <laughs> Jet setting. John setting. <laughs> uh... Hey everybody, welcome to Pursuing Pixels. This is episode number 38, and my name's Kevin Portelli, and I'm here tonight with Randall Nolary. Hey everybody. DJ Mandolini. Yo. And John Hines. Hey there. We're back in full force yet again, Heck and yeah. uh, back as always to talk about some video games. Heck yeah. I don't know why we even say that, because we just always <laughs> talk about video games. But, uh, <laughs> well, we don't say it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I always say that. I guess I should be clear, but... Uh, but yeah, we're uh, we're gonna kick the the ball over to John here, uh, who's still playing uh, Ashen, which I think he talked about a couple weeks, few weeks ago on the podcast. But uh, we got kind of more into like the overworld and like the building of like your town. But I, we didn't get a ton into like the dungeon mechanics and and whatnot. But I know you're still super sucked into this game, so uh, yeah. Why don't you take it away? So I played a little bit uh, with you over, and we were going. I was showing you like different mechanics and. There were some things that, like, yeah, I just didn't point out that were kind of in, integral to the experience. And one of those, uh, especially in the dungeons, is uh, you have a lantern, and you can upgrade that lantern a couple different times to increase its brightness. But uh, you will be carrying that lantern in your offhand, usually in these dungeons. And that's how you can, you know, figure out if there are more enemies around a corner or just the general layout of the platforms that you're going around. Yeah, right. and the dungeon that you were in, at least when when I was over, I can't remember if you were playing it here or at your place, but like it was super dark. Like you needed to bust yeah. out the lantern at times. You could easily like fall to your death or just be like taken by surprise by like a bunch of enemies. That Which were, means yeah. just, you can't hold your shield, I'm assuming, in that exactly. Correct. Yes. That's why I was like, <laughs> you got to talk about that on the podcast because I feel like that's like a a crucial mechanic of these yeah. dungeons because yeah. at least in this particular dungeon i was like that eh, that's a really cool like pu- like puzzle not puzzles per se but like you kind of have to like logically solve your way through these dungeons so and more like, deliberate. It, yeah there was a, a specific video that i posted that we put on our uh, twitter feed that was uh like me in an, uh, one of the later dungeons and like i had got it was at a point where you know you get uh a one KO basically before like you like do a hard death and you need to reset at uh, one of the ritual stones. And I had, you know, my partner, the AI partner who was with me had also been KO'd at that point. And like, I really wasn't feeling like I was going to restart the dungeon over. 
So like I get to an area and like there's just a large hulking enemy and I'm like, I do not have like the wherewithal to put up with this without like having a shield. Right. So I just kind of like baited it a little bit, like have him go down the stairs to an area in the dungeon that I know had some light coming down into the center of the room. Yeah. So like there's this video that we have where I'm just like slowly inching backwards down the stairs until I get him into an open area with enough light that I can put my lantern away and kind of fight with him in the shadows in an area that I had already cleared. And you can even set the lantern on the ground if I'm not yes, all that right. Cool. So you can like that's place it. Deal. Okay, I'm in this room. Let me set it down and kind of explore. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. And that that's something that I know I said I played like maybe the first little chunk of this game, like 30 minutes or so, and and didn't quite grab me. But like once I saw you playing this dungeon, I was like, okay, there's some like a little more level design to this as opposed to something like Dark Souls, which again is just not for me. Um, but but it just it's like this methodical like learning the the patterns of the enemies and i think there's some of this in ashen based on what you're saying but like there's a little more to it than that there's a little more i don't know and i and i do just like that low like polygonal art style yeah i I just really like it a lot so so i've gotten to the point in the game where i am at the final boss i've not beaten the final boss i've beaten the first form of the final boss and then the second form has an attack that can automatically kill you uh, if it lands. Oof. So I decided to put down the game in that respect, but like pick up more of the exploration. And like I was kind of doing it as a like showcase to Kevin, be like, oh, here's another mechanic, here's another area. Yeah. This is where I really like. But I went to an area of a map that like I kind of remembered there being an area that I was maybe a little too weak to go into. And since I was the end of the game and I was fully equipped and had uh, like as strong as I could possibly be. Yeah. Uh, I went into this area and it was just a fully optional dungeon. Like it didn't have anything like it had a bunch of like gold or scoria at the end of the dungeon but there wasn't anything that was necessary like i didn't need to complete it but it was just this fun side area that was like a completely optional dungeon i love stuff like that it was just a great touch oh yeah there's a bunch of that still that night i'm probably going to like pick this game back up and maybe even like start the game over without having technically beaten it nice but like i just think that it's a great world to like inhabit and i think that it's really hits the things that i like all the most about dark souls and kind of like distills it into a an experience that doesn't have any of the stuff that like is kind of what i have problems with in the genre yeah it seems like it from from what you've shown me and what we've talked about and from the tiny little bit i've played even though it didn't grab me right away it definitely seems like it pulls back on a lot of those elements that at least again for me are frustrating with something like dark souls um, it does still have like some of the combat has that like s- little more slow, deliberate pacing to it. I'm sh- I'm sure it depends on what weapon you're using and stuff, but mm-hmm. like almost like a little bit of that like like Dark Souls, but even like Monster Hunter feel. Not not quite as delayed as some of those weapons, but like that really slow. Like you're you're timing your attacks. You oh, know? Yeah. you're really having to think like, okay, I'm gonna press X to attack, and that's gonna take a second or two to register. It's it's a little more of that juggling, which I do prefer my my action rpgs or whatever to have a little more immediacy to the combat but uh yeah after especially showing that lantern and shield juggling in the dungeons that to me opened up a lot of possibilities for like okay they these guys are thinking about level design 
and not just about the combat and oh, about yeah. the world design. Like they're really thinking about how are we puzzling these dungeons together, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's very deliberate and I think it's very well crafted. Like I, I haven't had a 3D dungeon experience as like, I don't know, perfectly condensed as I have in this game. Nice. And how, how big are the dungeons? I, I obviously just said perfectly condensed. So are they on the smaller side and Not just well crafted or are like, they like comparable to like a Zelda dungeon? I remember there's a point in the second dungeon that I got to what I was a hundred percent sure was going to be like the last area before the boss. Cause I, I had taken so many tries to get to that point And I was like, Oh, this is just going to be the final gauntlet. And then I'm going to be home free. And then I like slowly like chipped away at that, did a good job of luring some enemies out so that I could take them down one by one as opposed to being swarmed by like a two dozen of them. Right. Yeah. And like I finally finished that and I had like used up a bunch of my health items. And then there was like twice the length of the dungeon after that. And I was just like, good Lord, I <laughs> can't like Are it there... kind of snowballs to that point. Like I, the third dungeon is kind of like that as well. There's only like. Are there save points within the dungeons or do you have to? Okay. Some of them are there. That's nice. Which is very nice in the second. Actually, no, they have them and they have them like right before the boss area too. Perfect. Okay. Okay. So like, and you can do like kind of a soft save. Like, uh, if you don't like sit down at the ritual stone, the enemies won't respawn. But if you just enter like, and you, uh, you can walk into like the area of effect of the ritual stone and it'll refill your like crimson gourds, which are your Estus flasks in this nice. game. Okay. And it'll refill your health. Um, but yeah, like you uh, can't access the like ritual stone and warp to another place without resetting all the enemies. Right. Okay. Cause this is something that's still sitting on my Xbox or maybe I can't remember if I uninstalled it or not, but it's available via the Xbox game pass. And after seeing again that mechanic of of the dungeons, I'm like, okay, maybe I maybe I wrote this game off a little too quickly, which I am definitely one to do. But there's just so many games to play, it's easy to just pick, okay, this isn't grabbing me right away. You know, there's some games I boot up and within two minutes they grab me. So like Downwell or something, you know, it's like I'm immediately just like, I love this game. Right. Yeah. We're like Ashen, I played for 30 minutes or an hour. Okay, it didn't grab me. Let's see what else is on Game Pass. There's 200 other games on here. So <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think I'm going to go back and give this one a, a little bit more of a, a fair shake because I'm liking what you're saying, John. Yeah, I know there's always a second character in Ashen with you. Can someone jump in in like a co-op scenario and take over that second character on your file? Uh, I don't know if you can do that locally. I know that there is online multiplayer and okay. it is in that co-op ah. uh, parameter, but I also have never I have tur- I had it turned on the entire time that I was playing on the switch yeah and i'd never at least i don't know maybe maybe one of those times it was controlled by another person it but it doesn't tell you it may it, it may not tell you or it may not have even happened to me sure like but you can always have an ai companion with you or you can turn that off if, oh, okay like, there are some there's also uh after you get to i think halfway through the game you unlock the children of cisna mode which is just a hard mode and I think this game is already plenty hard, so <laughs> I I haven't seen what that one does, but I know that there's already some like base restrictions that you can do, like turning off AI helpers okay. to increase the difficulty of the normal level. Okay, cool. Um, did you have anything more to add on Ashen, or just just, just that you're still enjoying it? Yeah, and I'm probably going to be playing it again for 
years to come. Nice. <laughs> is there much left for you to do besides the final boss? I just exploring. Like, I think that there's just enough nooks and crannies for me to go around and hunting and maybe I'll find another dungeon. Maybe I'll just find an extra room that has a little feather in it. It's it's a beautiful world, no doubt. So like if 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 you're able to get grabbed by the mechanics that the game has on offer, I feel like I, I could definitely see getting sucked into this one. So right. Um, but yeah, just moving from one game to another with no connection at all. Uh, <laughs> I've been playing uh, a little bit of a game called Gree or Gris. Maybe it's spelled G.R.I.S. Uh, it's from a Spanish uh, development studio called uh, Nomado, if I'm not mistaken. I might be pronouncing that wrong a little bit but tomato nomada <laughs> let's call oh. the whole thing off but uh but yeah so i've been playing uh i'm just gonna call it gree from here forward yes, um and this is like a really like stylish puzzle you know side-scrolling puzzle platformer um with the you know the, the puzzle platforming is very minimal for the most part i mean there's there's a few jumps you gotta stick or or uh you essentially have one move that you can like uh turn into like a uh, like kind of a square it's almost like a ground essentially a ground pound that you can sometimes like break through some walls or maybe break like a there'll be like a, a cluster of pots on the ground that mm-hmm. you break and then there's like a little like some little like red birds will fly out of there that will give you like a second like not a double jump but it'll launch you up like super high because you do get a double jump eventually as well um, but essentially i mean it's really straightforward puzzle platforming with a, a, some light exploration I, i'm not really going to have too much to say about this game other than i'll just say like if you if you glance over it and, and see a trailer if you if the artwork compels you even at all i would just say it's worth playing i mean the, the game is not? just beautiful yeah yeah it's the like one of the prettiest beautiful. video games i think i've ever seen like ever yeah man, seriously without question that yeah i mean it is it is beautiful <laughs> yeah and uh and yeah, it's just uh, it, and it does control very well. Like it, it, it looks like one of those games that might have a little bit more of that like cinematic platformer feel to it because yeah. it's so beautiful. Where it's like these deliberate, like almost like delayed inputs and stuff. But it, it's very precise. Like when I hit jump, I jump. You know, there, there's a, a couple times I hit a snag because it isn't like this Celeste style platformer where it's like pixel perfect inputs and stuff like that. But for the most part, you know, you're you're just kind of exploring around the world and, you know, you do get uh, like the ability to swim underwater at some point. And but but mostly you're just kind of like coming across some set pieces here and there. Like one of the set pieces was like I felt like, oh, there's like this kind of climactic scene. And I'm like, I just got this swimming ability and now I'm like swimming and it doesn't really feel like. I, I mean, I probably could have died, maybe, but but I don't know if I could have for sure. But I'm just kind of like swimming past these eels and like these two eels are chasing me. And like right when they're about to like chomp down on me, I can like hit a to do like a burst, you know, ahead. And like, yeah, but it's like, did I hit all those perfectly or did I just did it just kind of usher me through this cutscene? I don't really know. Um, I, I do think you can potentially maybe die or, or something, but. But it doesn't matter to me. I, right. I and in all honesty, I wouldn't even. I'd almost prefer not to be able to die because it really is just like this exploratory experience that you're just kind of soaking in the artwork. Like, um, yeah, it's just like very watercolory. Yeah. Um, there's like a bunch of like cute little characters. Like, there's this one little guy that like this little apple tree character that would follow me around, and I'd have to like knock these apples off the tree for them to collect. And then as they collected them, they would like then open up like a uh, when I got enough of them and like open up a path for me or something. And it's it's just a beautiful game to see in, in motion. Uh, 
Yeah, again, I I can't say there's like a ton of gameplay. I mean, it's clever enough. It's these just light puzzle design, but it's nothing that's going to blow your mind. I don't feel like I'm like solving some crazy puzzles in my head or anything like that. Um, is this like one if Game the, Pass or is this on Switch that you're playing? It it, it actually just got added to Game Pass yeah. on uh, PC, Xbox oh, Game okay. Pass on PC only. But yeah. I'm, I'm actually playing it on the Switch. I picked it up a while ago. Okay. Um, it's another game from Devolver Digital, although I would say like, you know, that a lot of their games, uh, I, I won't say all of them, but they they do tend to have like, you know, stuff like Enter the Gungeon or Katana Zero or stuff that has like a little more of like a violent tinge Edgy. to it. Yeah. Yeah. And this game has essentially none of that, at least what I've played so far. I mean, there's some some moments that are like maybe a little bit like scary isn't the right word but a little bit like there's this like bird this like giant bird that appears at one point in the game and you have to kind of like it's just kind of startling i guess yeah, a little spooky. um but it'll like yeah spooky or it just it's a little jarring but then you'll have to like use like the bird will like kind of scream and like as if it were attacking you but you're really just using it's like gust of breath to like make a further jump than you would have been able to make otherwise so again like i don't even know if that bird can harm you in any way i really don't know but uh but yeah i'm just having a lot of fun with this game and again i I just i would just say it's as simple as if the art style compels you if you watch a trailer even just see a screenshot and if you're like man this looks beautiful just pick it up it's it's worth checking out the controls nice and tight you know it's not you're not asked to do anything particularly demanding on the platforming front, but it plays very well and, and it's just a beautiful experience. So I'm excited to uh, get to the end, but uh, I would guess I'm about halfway through. I, I wouldn't think it's a super long experience, maybe three, four or five hours at the most, Sounds but great. <laughs> I'm about a couple hours in and uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to playing more and, and experiencing more of what this game and the music, just everything about the presentation is just absolutely top notch. Yeah. So, Man. yeah, I need so, it. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll all uh, touch on this one in the future. Again, it is on Game Pass now. So hopefully if you if this one maybe slipped past the radar last year or in 2018 when it came out, I think. Yeah, I think um, if right. it passed you by, uh, definitely check it out if you've got the PC Game Pass. So, um, but yeah, I guess we can uh, again, no connection whatsoever. <laughs> but uh, Randall's been uh, from one shortest continuing- game to another. <laughs> Yeah, well, you've been continuing that retro streak. Yeah, for, uh, I'm trying to turn this a little into bit here from a couple podcast. weeks ago. Yeah, we're trying our best. You're yeah. trying your best, and we'll we'll get there. We'll <laughs> we'll weasel them in there when we can. But uh, <laughs> I know you've been playing some Super Punch Out on the uh, SNES on the you know Switch Online service. So the gift uh, that keeps on giving, Kevin. <laughs> well, what's your experience with Super Punch Out? Like you know, retro wise, or yeah. at least in in the past, and then what's your experience now? Yeah, so uh, I actually. I own this cartridge now, but I also owned it back in the day-ish. So I, I was a kid that grew up with the Sega Genesis, uh, had some exposure to Super Nintendo, remembered renting it from Blockbuster so I could play Donkey Kong Country 2 or what you know whatever else was at the time, but never played Super Punch-Out despite playing just a shit ton of the original you know Mike Tyson's Punch-Out on NES, which I love that game, uh, still love that game. Um, but then in like the early 2000s, um, when I was still in high school, my buddy gave me his Super Nintendo with a handful of games. One he of those gave you games, a pretty nice collection. <laughs> I know. Seriously. Yeah. Now I've, I've got a pretty, I've amassed a nice collection, thankfully, when retro collecting still wasn't a very big thing. So that's nice. Didn't yeah. cost nearly as much as it would cost now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Huh. We beat, we beat that punch just by a little bit. Oh my God. Seriously. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, seriously. <laughs> That's a whole nother conversation. It is, yeah. <laughs> it is that I want to get into, but I'll, I'll save that. Um, but yeah. yeah, so early 2000s, uh, I had Super Punch-Out as one of those handful of games. And uh, I'll be honest, at that time, it did not really grab me. Um, I was used to the original Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, and um, it just seemed kind of like it kind of seemed like a little half-assed at that time compared to what I was used to with a presentation of uh, Mike Tyson's Punch Out, where you had the cool cutscenes and the super memorable music and everything that went into the presentation of Mike Tyson's Punch Out wasn't quite there uh, for Super Punch Out. So I actually, like, I got rid of that game at the time I sold it, which is not something I usually do at all. Um, but I did for that. Um, that's actually really interesting. Cause like, I, I feel like super punch out, like almost, at least in my eyes, like almost the only thing it's bringing to the table above the original is the presentation, like these huge sprites huge of sprites. the, the bosses you're fighting and stuff. But it, that's just interesting. Cause I have always thought that it, like gameplay wise, they're very similar, but maybe like the presentation on the cutscenes and stuff is, is lacking. Right. Although I will say in the NES game, there was pretty massive sprites considering what that system should have been capable of that's doing. That's true too. Yeah. 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 Um, pretty damn impressive still to this yeah. day. Uh, but that being said, so, you know, you know, go forward, fast forward, uh, a bunch of years to the 3ds in the, the 3ds eShop, and they started releasing super Nintendo games on there. And one of them was super punch out. And I'm like, Hey, you know what? I, I really love punch out. I want to give this game another shot. It's been like what, over a decade. Let me try to play this again. And then I just got hooked. It was like one of my go-to games to just like open the 3DS up and like, yeah, you know, let me just play another round against, you know, Gabby J. You know, let me. (laughs) (laughs) Much like our Gabby J. Gabby J. (laughs) Can't shut him up. GJ, as we we like to call him. (laughs) Uh, Yes, that's one of the things I love about this game is uh, a lot of the voiceover work through the Super Nintendo sound chip is just like real good. Uh, yeah. Specifically oh, yeah. when they when they do the countdown when you're down, it's like one, two, three, four, five. It's like it's like <laughs> where'd that five come from? Like what's that about? It's like a totally different recording or something. Yeah, Charles Charles Martinet couldn't show up for the five <laughs> recording. <laughs> give you one through four that's under the contract but otherwise yeah um Mm -hmm. so back to uh playing this game um i think what i loved about it what really stands out to me and what brings me back is it's it feels more kinetic to me than uh mike tyson's punch out mike tyson's punch out is kind of like this this dance that you're playing right it's it's kind of this rote memorization of of how you know the fighters are going to fight and there's some there's a lot of comfort in that and once you're good at that and you have it down it's very satisfying you know I'll give it that um but super punch out there's a little bit more open to interpretation kind of happening in the in the fights like you can sneak a lot more punches than you can in Mike Tyson's punch out um you're not just waiting to react you can be the person that's being aggressive in a lot of these fights and get away with it uh, which I find very satisfying. Um, there's, there's, especially in the first couple of circuits, there's four circuits total, three when you first start, um, a fourth opens up. Um, but you can get through some of these circuits in like, boy, a handful of minutes because you can, you can win some of these early battles in like 30 seconds or less if you know what you're doing. Uh, okay. 
That's actually pretty interesting because, yeah, the the original Punch-Out, I don't have a ton of experience with either game. Yeah. But the original is definitely more like dodge, 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 right. wait for an opening and then and then clock the opponent. Wait for so the very specific tell, the, you know, you know, the, something lights up a glint in his eye or whatever. Or he, you know, raises his eyebrows a couple of times and that's when you punch yeah. him or whatever. Or you get out of the way and then you punch him like you rinse right. and repeat where there's I mean, I'm not going to say there's none of that here. There is, especially as you get into the harder uh characters but there's still a lot of room for interpretation and i'm still finding myself playing this game now uh on the switch uh super nintendo switch online service i love that it's there again i love the rewind feature because i'm like i played that stupid rewind rewind okay you know this is right when i got off the mat so let me go in and instead of ducking this way i'll duck that way boom there's the punch that you know knocks him dizzy for a second let me load up my super punch because i hit him enough times um, that's, that's another a great difference point. Too. Yeah. yeah. Do they, do they have the original punch out on the NES? I know it's not Mike Tyson's, oh. but do they have like the Mr. Dream punch out on there? I feel like maybe yes, but I can't I tell f- you yeah, off the top of my I head. I feel like yes. I think also. so too, but I'm not sure. But, but either way, I don't know if it's the same in super punch out, but I know like when you got to Mike Tyson or Mr. Dream, yeah. it's like if they land one punch, oh, you're yeah, dead you're in bad and yeah. start back from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. So like that rewind feature on that, it's like I could maybe actually see the end of punch out because otherwise yep. I don't have the determination. But Maybe but did you really beat it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if I beat it. I just want to see the, end. the ending. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go on YouTube then. And that's kind of where I'm at too, because I've that's never fair. been able to get past the the third circuit, the world circuit. Um, and now I'm kind of using save states and rewind, and I'm not too worried about it because I'm also actively learning how to play the game better as I'm doing so. Um, yeah. So yeah, I just I really like this game. I'm finding myself addicted to it again. Nice. Nice. Can, can you yeah. talk more to, you know, being able to be the aggressor? Like, yeah. Are, are you able to tell when you're able to be the aggressor, I guess? Or is it like they're just, there's a chance that there's less of a chance that they'll block you and you just have to decide when to attack? What, it, what it's probably like? both. Yeah. I feel like there's a slightly, like the AI is a little bit less likely to block. Um, you still have to be smart about how you're throwing your punches. Cause you've got, you know, you can do the body blow or you can do like the <laughs> uppercut punch, um, depending, uh, from left or right, uh, arms. But yeah, I, I, for whatever reason, I can find myself like being aggressive where I can kind of almost spam some punches if I'm feeling confident enough. And then you know, one of those times he's not going to block and I'm going to get my punch in and that might set him dizzy for, you know, another punch and then another punch. And then, oh, here comes a super punch because my meter filled up the whole way. And now he's down on the ground and I can start mashing the punch buttons to gain a little bit of health back, too. Um, but, yeah, there's I mean, I'm not going to say there's no memorization involved. You're still over time. You're getting better because you're learning the tells of these boxers. There's still some of that in play. And I will say uh, a, a one way this game has not aged very well, just like Mike Tyson's punch out is there's some, uh, let's say, stereotypes uh, in play <laughs> to here. To put it mild. Yeah. To put pizza it pasta. Um, <laughs> if he's still there. I don't know. Yeesh. Uh, is pizza pizza pasta still there? I don't think pizza pasta is there, but uh, <laughs> you've got like bear hugger from Canada who like, um, you know, sips on uh, maple sugar and stuff. And yeah, there's there's some other a lot worse ones than that. Um, yeah, that was a tame one. Yeah, it's a tame yeah. one. <laughs> Significantly. 
but yeah, it just like something about that gameplay loop just hooks me in more than Mike Tyson's punch out does. And I will stand by that. Uh, I don't think it gets its due. It, it doesn't have as good a music. It does not have as good as presentation. Um, Little Mac does not look like Little Mac, but all those things being said, I still like it more. Nice. Did what? you ever end up playing the Wii one? A little bit. Uh, for whatever reason, I didn't play that a ton at the time, too. And I think that was, again, just because maybe I wasn't in a super punch-out zone at the during those days. But I should go back to it. I still own it. It's It's got a very, same here, and it's got a very similar presentation to Super Punch-Out. Yeah. Like the huge sprites and yeah. the kind of like wireframe of your little Mac character or whatever. Right. I, pl- I played just a tiny bit of it as well, but never never fully got hooked. But it plays almost exactly the same as even the NES Punch-Out. I yep. mean, it's like same inputs essentially it's kind of crazy yeah um but i know you've been uh kind of keeping the retro train rolling over there randall yeah um and play i know you've been playing a little bit of the sega ages uh virtual racing as well which that was that an arcade title originally or so okay virtual racing came out before daytona usa and okay so like this was kind of the one of the granddaddies of like the arcade racing kind of early nineties scene. It came out originally in 92 by Sega. Um, and then M2, which I love, love, love all these M2 ports. M2 is a Japanese developer that does phenomenal work with ports and does a lot of work with Sega to bring their old games into the new and tries to add little features that kind of brings it uh, into the present and some quality of life stuff. Um, like in this game, um, they, they've done a ton of work in this game. So they turned, you know, a 1992 game and put it on a modern platform where it runs now 60 frames per second. Um, it's like got beautiful draw distance. Um, the polygons are super chunky, but it's really clear. Um, it's like uh, this beautiful, like low poly flat shader, minimalist type of look that I really like, uh, quite a bit. Um, that's it was pretty common during the day, you know, but you're looking on like generally a four three uh aspect ratio, like old crappy monitor in the arcade versus, you know, looking at a modern TV is a totally different story. So Yeah, and I mean to me, like from what I've seen of these games, like they they just kind of look like, you know, something like Star Fox or something yeah. on Super Nintendo, but if it actually just ran smoothly. Yeah. You know, or at least a little more smoothly. Basically, um, yeah. That t- that type of graphical effect is what we're talking about. Just like, yeah, made to look very early smooth. polygons. Yes, yeah. <laughs> very much so. Um, but it's still fun. Like you can tell the the roots of what becomes Daytona USA are are in this game. Granted, there's only three courses, um, but it's endlessly replayable because I can tell you right now, you're not going to beat maybe not even beat the first course in the first time you try. Like it's, it takes some doing. It's not easy. Um, this is like meant to be an arcade game that takes your quarters. Um, and they, yeah. they kind of kept that through. You can change the difficulty, but I'm keeping it on the default one. Um, so I still haven't been, I've not beat the third course, but continuing to try. Um, they also added local multiplayer for up to eight players on one screen. Oh, <laughs> sweet. That's actually awesome. That's insane. Yeah, that's a thing. Split those joy cons up, baby. <laughs> so I'm like, damn. Like that's the type of effort M2 puts in these type of things. Like they didn't yeah, have they, to do they, that. They really take these games and like keep them as true as possible to their original form in some regards, but but yeah. modernize them as much as they can yep. while keeping like the essence of the original experience there, which is yeah, very, very impressive. Yep. 
You can play uh, online two-player races. There's replays. There's rankings that are online. Um, so I bought it on sale for like three or four bucks, and I'm like, yeah, I'm totally happy with that price. Um, I still need to buy the 32X version because it has more courses, but that's another conversation. <laughs> Nice. But yeah, very cool that that M2 keeps pumping out all these Sega Ages games uh, onto the Switch and I think on on other consoles as well. Yeah, Um, but Switch is getting a lot of love from that stuff and a lot of arcade nostalgia stuff coming out, which I, I just love it. Yeah, and they're all like eight bucks a pop. Yeah. And, and again, like you said, they go on sale pretty, pretty frequently. Yeah. So yeah, they do definitely worth checking out. So I totally think so. Nice. Well, uh, I know we had one more game to talk about Speaking tonight. Of ports. Yeah. <laughs> Although a slightly different uh, variety, but yeah, maybe board game to video game. But why don't you take it away with a little Catan, DJ? Yeah. Uh, so Catan, based off the board game Settlers of Catan, Catan is now Catan? available on Switch, baby. Catan, Catan. You say yeah, I Catan, I, really I say Catan. Catan. I don't know. Catano. <laughs> I thought I've always heard Settlers of Catan, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Well, we're going to call it Catan for the rest of this episode. <laughs> Continue. Yes. It's, it's Gree and Catan. There you okay. go. <laughs> Pursuing pronunciation. There you go. <laughs> I quit. Oh. Uh, so uh, Catan is a, a basic resource management game where, you know, the, the world is, you know, this island or series of islands that's just made of all these tiles that each tile represents a different resource and you pick different tiles to start on and you're just trying to build up your civilization by gathering the resources around you and trying to develop your civilization faster than the other people um and so uh like with many board games i think um i think i prefer having this uh implemented as a video game because i think something that happens very often with my friends and i in board games is uh, a bit of a maybe a an uncertainty on how to interpret some of the rules yeah the rules are up for interpretation and and i guess it's worth mentioning too at the top that like this is a game settlers of Catan that we have played periodically. It's probably been a little while, but like we used to play this game quite a bit. Like when you lived with Robin Rosie DJ and like oh, yeah. just a game that we've played a lot in the board game form. Quite it's a handful classic. of times. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, and, but and yeah, a lot of people have played this game. It, even still, uh, you know, I, you know, assuming that the way that the video game enforces the rules is the way that they're meant to be enforced, right. you know, in the actual board game, you know, there were some things that, I was maybe misinterpreting or didn't know I could do in a certain way. Like uh, if if you're familiar with the game, like there's uh, these development cards you can buy and certain ones you can actually play before uh, you begin your turn and roll the dice. Um, You know, I, I thought that everyone's turn had to start with rolling the dice, but apparently there are some cards you can play like the night before you roll the dice. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I thought every that was like the order of play. I, I thought rolling what, the dice was yep. just the. Huh. Yeah, and I, I'm with you though, DJ. Wow. Like, I love this concept of like. Again, there's so many times where like a rule comes up, and it's like, wait, how do we interpret this rule? So oh, like, yeah. I love the idea of like the game knows, and it will just even even with like you know we talked about in previous weeks, slay the spire a bunch, yep. and like 
all of these cards, like if I, if we were actually playing that with actual cards and holding them in our hands and laying them out, it's like every time I play this card, you add two more attack. To, it's like there's no way to keep track of all that stuff. A la this Magic is a slightly, the Gathering, same deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a slightly different scenario, but still yeah. just like no gray area and i love that yeah and i and i think the the gameplay is very simplistic too like you know you have you have one button to control you know rolling the dice and ending your turn you have another button that you know brings up the menu of what you can buy with the resources you already have and there's another button to bring up a menu for trading with other players or the general bank and it's it's not very complicated it's It's just, just a really cleanly designed like it just looks nice. It's got pleasant music. It's not like bringing a bunch to the table presentation wise. Um, it but doesn't yeah, need to, it though. doesn't need to. It, yeah. And it's like the perfect game to throw a podcast on. I know. I think you said you have some trouble finding some online games. It does have online multiplayer. Ooh, it uh, does. That, that's actually the only multiplayer it has. But hmm. but that kind of makes sense because yeah. local multiplayer wouldn't really be feasible with this game. Uh, you have to because, kind of keep your hand a oh, secret sure, sure. and stuff yeah. like that. So that makes yeah. sense. If, you, if you're keeping your hand a secret, then you know you can't all be sharing the same screen. And you know, trading and everything would make passing the, a single switch console around not really ideal. It'd be it would cool just if be they a could let you have your process. own switch, though. Like do a local, local multiplayer where everyone has their own switch type of thing. Like maybe that. Yeah. Would, yeah. And and I think they do offer that if everybody owns the game. But it's, yeah. I don't think it's one of those where like, oh, if one person owns the game, right. everybody can can mooch off that and play a little Catan. Right. A little Catan. DS download play. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But what's nice is um, uh, the the one I bought on the Switch. At least it um, it comes with one of the expansions that you can you know that exists in the real world, the Seafarers expansion. Um, and there's there's actually a campaign mode, and it it uh, it plays out all the different scenario types you can play out in the board game. Like it'll suggest like set up the board like this and you know okay enforce these rules like it's there there were at least a dozen different levels in the campaign just of different scenarios and what does that seafarers expansion add because because for what it's worth i mean i know you picked this up on sale (laughs) (laughs) well i was gonna say like i know you picked this up on sale for 10 bucks but it's normally 20 bucks but i think like the board game of Catan is like 40 bucks oh yeah at least the expansion's probably another 20 or 30 so i mean for even 20 bucks like if you're into this game and especially if you maybe have some friends that have it on their switch or i believe this is on other platforms as well um i mean if if everyone got it like while it was on sale for 10 bucks like if you and three other friends got it that's like the cost of the board game right for just but all of you would have a copy of it and you could also play it online with other people too yeah and and for what it's worth dj booted this up right before we started recording today and like showed me real quick i I didn't play a full game or anything but just how streamlined the process was it was like this game is going to go by so much faster oh yeah than a game of Catan would be sitting around a table and there is something to be said i love playing like a tangible game with real cards and and a real dice to roll and and all that stuff that that is cool but like man i really love the idea though of just like enforce the rules properly no gray area yep. and 
expedite the process. Yep. Like yeah. I, I think there's a lot to be said about these board games on consoles. And even just little things, like if you were to lose a piece in real yeah. life, that'd, that'd fuck you up completely. Yeah, like, I lost one of the orange houses. So yeah. <laughs> now like this is always, we have this extra blue one that's like you can use if you want. It's like, yeah, there's a, yeah. There's just a lot of things that go into having the tangible product. Yeah, uh, even well, even like the map itself, you know, you're you're locking these like hexagon tiles into a grid that they're always kind of like bent and warped a little yep. bit, and like it doesn't sit flush on the table. Like, you know, it's still cool to have, and it's but but man, I just love the immediacy of that digital experience. Yeah, so it, I'm definitely curious to to check out more of these. Like me, I know you and I played for like five seconds of pandemic uh pandemics available on uh, xbox game pass um which is another game and i think it does offer multiplayer but uh not with one controller i think we all had to have controllers right. but uh but yeah i'm just i'm i'm definitely intrigued by this whole yeah i'm, I'm i don't know genre i yeah, guess i'm super interested in you know pursuing any other uh board games that come up on sale in the e-shop so yeah should check out monopoly and- on nes it runs pretty good too <laughs> uh, it's, it's my first experience with this and it was kind of the same thing at that point like oh yeah let's really roll through a monopoly experience that's not three or four hours let's do this yeah watch the dog it's- jump between the different <laughs> yeah it's a good point. That's a good point. Even <laughs> even back to that day, because, yeah, they've been trying board games on on video game systems for Forever. a long time. So yeah. and and I got to think that a lot of these games would probably work a little better on PC when you have a mouse and you can kind of click on the different elements and whatever. I can but, see that. But something like Catan, it's like the interface was just really smooth, really clean, like it's not going to let you make any mistakes like, Oh, I accidentally clicked a, it's like, you have to hold it down for like a second and it like fills up a, a semi or a full circle, like to be like, okay, yeah, you do want to roll the dice or you do want to end your turn or whatever it is. So, um, yeah. And I'm curious to see, like I I picked up a while ago, like games like light fingers or for the King, like these are games that are kind of like designed around a tabletop experience but like specifically designed with like hey we don't have the limitations of like everyone has to have their little like mancala beads right to count up the different damage points it's like this is all done in the com- in the computer or in the you know the ai or whatever you know it's it's doing all the math for you and all the circumstances what I, I don't know just breaking down all these different scenarios for you yeah and i'm definitely curious to play stuff like that i played a little bit of for the king but uh definitely curious to play some light fingers because it seems like it's almost like a you have some agency like you're actually controlling a character on the map like f- like physically on the map you're like kind of getting through these dungeons but then it also has these just like regular tabletop board gaming rules so i don't know i'm definitely intrigued by this uh genre heck yeah yeah and intrigue i, I want to see more people not just ports of actual board games but i want to see some new ideas so. <laughs> <laughs> i just like that moncala call out that was really good too i wonder yeah. how many people Moncala is, is it's a good game it's a good game. it is a good game we'll, t- <laughs> we'll talk about it next week there on you the go podcast but uh <laughs> speaking of next week although i can't say that we'll get to it right away but i know dj uh he took up our uh, new year's challenge you know on the on the holiday episode we kind of said hey we all loved chasm and we threw the ball in dj's court and said hey you got to play Chasm, and sure enough, and, word. yeah, he already beat it, and, <laughs> and uh, he's throwing it back. 99.1% of it, so why don't you uh, throw it right back at yeah, one of yeah, us or all of us? we decided that once I complete it, I get to, you know, 
issue a challenge to you guys. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it back to you, Kevin. Ah, but I gotta play a game. This 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 <laughs> this is a game you own. Okay. I don't have to spend any money. I like. You don't it. have to spend any money, but I don't think you would prioritize this game. Uh, I want you to play Titanfall Two. Ooh. Ooh. This was a recent PlayStation Plus game, right? Yes. yes. So, Randall, did you pick that up? Did I, you, uh, I owned it. Did you download then, it? So I still okay. have it. Yes. So that's something. Uh, I don't want to rope you into this with me. No, but, I've, uh, I've I also own it. Also rope me into this too because this is exactly the type of game that i want to play but let's go down with this ship together yeah let's let's do it so are are you able to play do you know dj are you able to play split screen like if if john were to come over and we were to do a campaign together tonight yeah let's uh we'll we'll definitely uh we'll definitely check this one out soon because yeah i I know i was able to download it via playstation plus seems like randall already uh picked it up on xbox at some point i mean and dj owns it split screen doesn't work you come you could always come over man john lives right across the street from me so he got a mandate oh man well yeah now that dj's mandated what we need to play i think we can uh we can wrap up the episode for this week um yeah thanks for tuning in as always and uh if you want to find more episodes you can find us at pursuingpixels.com. we're also on twitter instagram you can email us at uh pursuing at gmail.com if you have a question or comment or maybe a game you want us to check out or review talk to us um yeah hit us up and otherwise we'll uh catch you next week take care see ya Bye-bye. Bye. And I, I've gotten to the point in the game where I have uh, actually... Wait. <laughs> I just had a little rasp. A little rasp in my throat there. Yeah. DJ was mocking you me. You just started <laughs> miming on either side of me. <laughs> so, Got a reset for that. Uh, what was I saying? So sorry. So sorry.